Donald Trump and his allies are indicted in Atlanta. The defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result. Welcome to a special edition of the Politically Georgia podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Greg Bluestein. If you're just listening to us for the first time, welcome. We invite you to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, leave a review and share Politically Georgia with a friend. We are here downtown Atlanta early Tuesday morning to give you rapid reactions to what was a very late night and early morning at the Fulton County Courthouse on a historic day here in Atlanta. I'm here with the co-hosts of the award-winning AJC Breakdown podcast. I'll have a new episode out today as well. Tamar Hallerman and Bill Rankin. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. It's cool to be here in the same room as you, Greg. We never get to do this. (laughs) Especially just after 1 a.m. in the morning. Just after, is that, oh, it is, it is that early. We are, we're all, I think, going to pull some all-nighters this week. Well, the, to give you a rundown, former President Donald Trump was charged in a sweeping indictment alleging that he orchestrated a criminal em- enterprise as he tried and failed to overturn his defeat in Georgia's 2020 election. A Fulton County grand jury handed up an indictment late Monday that charged Trump with committing more than a dozen felonies and also lodged charges against 18 of Donald Trump's allies. Bill Rankin, what was the biggest takeaway for you of this sweeping indictment, which I know you're still kind of parsing through? I think the biggest takeaway is that District Attorney Fonnie Willis went big. I mean, she indicted 19 people, uh, 41 counts, a 98-page indictment. And the indictment also lists 30 unidentified, unindicted co-conspirators. So we got our work cut out for us trying to figure out who all those are. Yeah, I know there's already uh, there's already guessing games going around in political circles. I've gotten a few texts as late as as late as tonight about who co-conspirator X Y Z could be. Tomorrow, what was Tamar Hallerman? What was your biggest surprise of this indictment? Well, going off of what Bill said, we have talked a lot on this on our podcast breakdown about how Fannie Willis had a choice to make. She could go really narrow and tailored, or could she She could go really wide um, with a racketeering charge, and she chose to go wide. Um, there are names that we didn't even know so well in this indictment, mm-hmm. if I may add so, or if I may say so myself. Um, GOP operatives we weren't as familiar with in all of this, um, and some names that we were expecting. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see the full breadth of all of that, and she really did include every area of this investigation that we were looking at. I was wondering if some areas would sort of fall away as maybe she focused on one area or another, but she really went wide. And Bill, it looked like it, it kind of touched a lot of these different facets of this investigation that we've been watching so closely, not just, of course, Donald Trump's pressure on Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and Governor Kemp and Attorney General Chris Carr and, and the rest, but also the fake elector plot, also uh, the efforts down in Coffee County uh, to, uh, to to copy election data, um, also Rudy Giuliani's legislative hearings at the state capitol. And so this this seems to to the tendrils of this investigation seem to go far and wide. Well, yeah, and it also says that the racketeering enterprise operated in the swing states that Biden won as well, Mm -hmm. um, all across the country. And what is also very poignant about this indictment is that it focuses on the harassment of Fulton County 
poll worker, Ruby Freeman, who received death threats and had to move from her home. So that's um, three people are charged um, with doing that as part of the racketeering enterprise. So Jamar, I mean, this has gone, as, as Bill said, even beyond the borders of Georgia, in a sense. There was mentions of swing states. There was mentions of legislative leaders in Pennsylvania. I mean, this, this is Arizona, this Michigan, New Mexico, Washington, D.C. So we're talking about the states uh, where there were fake elector plots, not unlike what happened in Georgia. And that is either the, the beauty or the terrible thing about Georgia's RICO law, depending on who you talk to. It allows prosecutors to pull in events that occurred far beyond their own personal jurisdictions. Coffee County in South Georgia is like 200 miles away from downtown Atlanta, where uh, DA Willis is. We're pulling in stuff from Pennsylvania and New Mexico. But if the DA is able to argue, as she had successfully was to get this indictment, that all of these occurrences were working in concert to help protect an enterprise to further a goal, she was able to use it. We want to remind you that we have unmatched team coverage of this indictment. The AJC's award-winning podcast, Breakdown, has a brand new episode out today going in-depth into what happened and what's next. Bill, before we move on and and before you focus on your podcast, (laughs) what are you most looking at over the next few weeks? Fannie Willis said that she's hoping to have this trial start within the next six six months. Uh, She said that she's hoping for these 19 co-defendants to surrender before August 25th. So there's a lot on your plate. Well, that's the main thing is um, the surrender of Donald Trump here in Atlanta will be quite a spectacle, I'm sure. And also, um, we we await the first court hearing. It remains to be seen. So there's a lot going on down here. There is, (laughs) What are you watching most closely over the next couple of weeks? Two different things. The first is the response of Trump's legal team. they have put out they put out a statement i guess yesterday on monday in response we saw very briefly some uh i guess draft charges a draft indictment mm-hmm. pop up on the fulton clerk's website that was quickly deleted but that many folks really embraced to show the incompetence in all of this but i want to see more in terms of their strategy what emerges in the next couple days and weeks are they really focused solely on moving this to a federal court down the road are they focused more on the witch hunt angle, First Amendment concerns? How do they go about this? I'm also, as Bill mentioned, the surrender of Donald Trump. Well, there's also 18 other people who are going to have to surrender over these next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, Rudy gonna, Giuliani, former chief of staff Mark Meadows. Meadows. Yeah. It's gonna former be GOP an, chair David Schaefer. Not only will it be an extraordinary sight seeing you know, America's mayor, as he was called, or the former White House chief of staff, but also we at the AJC are going to have to keep track of 18 people, 19 people coming into the Fulton County Jail or the courthouse to surrender. It's going to be logistically a challenge for us, but hopefully one we can rise to the challenge too. Yeah, 19 co-defendants, maybe more if we ever maybe see a superseding indictment. Of course, there also could be plea deals to pay attention to, especially for some of some of the co-defendants that are facing lesser charges. So I know you have your hands full, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this very special, very quick episode of the Politically Georgia podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with the entire cast of the newly expanded Politically Georgia team. Patricia Murphy, Bill Nygut, Tia Mitchell, and yours truly, Greg Bluestein. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Politically Georgia podcast. You can find links to all the stories we talked about today in the episode summary of this podcast. We release new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday, or whenever big news breaks. We'll see you next time on Politically Georgia from the AJC. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.